You're listening to the Everyman Podcast. My name is Dan Doty. I'm up early and the birds are singing outside my office. And I'm uh, I'm honored to, to share this podcast with everyone at this specific time. Owen Marcus and I, Owen is one of the co-founders of Everyman and my longtime mentor and friend, and he and I sat down on Zoom, which we do a lot these days, and we we had a a, a big solid talk about uh, about what's going on, about how we feel, and how we might reframe and uh, be through this time of uncertainty, this time of social disconnection, physical disconnection, and just the, the simple overall um, juggernaut of, of shift, of change that's happening right now. And my hope is that this podcast can give some perspective, maybe a little grounding, and some um, avenues toward uh, more self-awareness and clarity or peace during this time. I hope that everyone listening here is safe. I hope that you got enough food. I hope that um, the economic impact um, is not overwhelming, at least yet at this point. And I hope that we're all healthy and doing okay. We at Everyman are um, doing our best to make lemonade out of the lemons here. And we have now canceled every event every live event that we have online or that we had up for sale uh, except for the expedition we're just sort of waiting on that that one's not till july so we're giving a little time for that to, to maybe still happen everything else has been canceled and we are uh, at this point the vast at this point the vast majority of our revenue as an organization is through these live events and so we are uh, we're scared, and we're also stepping forward. We're, we're feeling that fear, and we're stepping forward, and, and we actually have, um, we're using this to really mobilize our, our digital community and our online services, which is, you know, everybody's doing it. It's the time to do that. This is this is how uh, business is being done these days. It's how work is being done these days, and we're actually really excited. We do have, we really believe we do have a lot to offer um, in these times. So we are launching our app. We have an Everyman app. And it's been in development for about six months. We've launched it and rolled it out already to a couple groups of guys. The guys that came to our last open source, our last two open sources actually. Um, and so the app has been functioning. Guys have been communicating and getting together on that. Um, it is still in beta. There's still a lot of development, but we're running at that really fast. And in addition to the app, we're bringing together our community online. And a couple nights ago, we did our first global online men's group. Owen and I led it, and uh, we had over 100 guys show up. And it was really, really incredibly um, moving, actually, to see the Zoom screen with, you know, 100, 100 plus faces, 100 plus guys from all over. We had guys from Hong Kong and Europe and all over the states. And um, it was just a 75-minute call. 
but we were able to really connect and really make a uh, a meaningful impact on that on that call. So these are open calls, and anybody can join. Um, anyone can join who wants to. So if you are, I want to highlight maybe the first step here. If you'd like to um, be connected, we we really we're all a. If it's not clear uh, at this point. We're about bringing men together and connecting, and we're finding that we can do that uh, online just as well or nearly just as well as we can in person. And right now, that online connection is really meaningful, and I'm personally finding it very meaningful too. So the first step would be to get on our newsletter and go on our website, everyman.com, and sign up for the newsletter because we're putting out more we're putting out more communication than usual right now because we are offering these opportunities to get together. These global calls right now are free. The app um, and the membership that's going to go along with that app will be a sliding scale. Uh, we're not out here to capitalize and try to make a killing. We're actually trying to stay alive and afloat um, and move forward and move forward our our. Um, our business plan honestly we we have been planning to go online for a very long time and um, as a startup and as a startup without a ton of resources we've 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 just not had the bandwidth and the space to go fully in and and now uh, the world's giving us that opportunity and so we're taking it so we would love 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 to interact with you in these digital ways in these online ways would love to hear from you um, at, at this point like reach out uh, through our website there's some some ways to reach out to us we we would love to hear what you're going through we would love to hear um, what you need what would support you what would help you uh, we would love to hear anybody have a, an amazing story to come on the podcast reach out anybody have anything to offer other people reach out um, I've been finding a lot of value, and I know men in our community have been finding a lot of value in that simple, uh, active connection. And you know, you'll hear you'll hear us go into all this on the podcast in terms of of more personal stuff. Um, but what I want to say, my my personal message right now is just that I have found a like a deeper gear, like an extra gear that I I didn't know I had when it comes to connecting with my my kids and my wife and um, there's we've been kind of laughing we, we've let out we've been laughing we live out on this farm in a rv very close to nature and kind of you know out of the the busy pace of life and yesterday elise and i were joking about how um the world's caught up to us <laughs> or slowed down to us is is more accurate we live a pretty slow life. We 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 take our time and um, move fairly slowly, and it it does feel like there's a uh, like a like a more the cycles are coming close together. Like the world is slowing down. Uh, we've been pretty slowed down for about a year here, and and just it's interesting. It's it's really interesting. So. Um, I want to share some gratitude for all of you that listen, for all of you that are in our community and that are interested. Um, this is a a meaningful thing. It, it is meaningful to be able to be here sitting on this microphone 
talking to you all, sharing with you all. And uh, your ears and, and your time and your thoughts do not go um, uncared for. So um, I really feel that right now. I feel that appreciation. And to our team, the Everyman team, Lucas and Sasha and Michael and Owen and Matt and Matt and every everyone else, um, both in the present and the past that's put things in, um, this has been a labor of love for everyone very clearly. And uh, the amount of, of care and effort that's been put in is, is pretty remarkable. And I feel like this is a time for leadership and it's a time for quiet and uh, dedicated and clear leadership and what we're doing at every man is to lead by example we can bring men together and and when we get together we will slow down we do slow down and we get down to what actually matters and and we interact from that place and from that i i really do believe the the actions we take in the world are the ones that are appropriate they are the right actions they are they are ones that bring people together. That one, they are ones that bring support. They're ones that um, cut things off that need to be cut off. And this is—it's just a time. I think it's a time. This is a time for us to grow up and to learn and to shed old ways. Um, I, I was thinking yesterday about how it's been a couple times in my life how I got really sick. There's one time I got. Um, well, it was Lyme disease, but it turned into meningitis, and I got really sick, like thought I was going to die sick and in the hospital for a long time, all these things. And That time in my life, looking back now, was a huge turning point for me, huge, in the sense that it, it, it honestly gave me perspective, you know, like really gave me perspective on... on what I cared about and the people in my life and who I was and what I wanted to do and all of these things. And I really feel that was a huge turning point. And I wonder, and I hope, and I sort of wish collectively that this, that this slowdown, that this uncertainty, that this time for us collectively may be used for, for good in the long run, maybe used to grow up a little bit, maybe used to find uh, more meaning and more purpose and more clarity and, and cut the fat a little bit, whatever that means. And I, I also, I don't want to rush to that conclusion. I don't think we can rush to that conclusion. Oh man, we're like, there's so much amazing stuff happening through this time. And that might be true. And I hope that is true. And, and it seems personally like there, there definitely are amazing lessons and amazing growth to happen here. But, um, I also just don't want to uh, rush to that conclusion. I think, I think, um, I think it now is a time to, to sort of just be and be with it and stick with it and take the actions we need to, but maybe not proclaim some other world order quite yet. Um, who knows? <laughs> who knows what's going to happen? But I do know that we can slow down and we can get together. And when we do, our humanity pops online like uh, like you wouldn't believe. And from that place, that's the place that brings uh, me hope and brings you know, a clear headed sense of, of what we might do. And, and I really do think that there's, um, you know, some hard, huge questions and problems that are happening in the world that are true right now. And they're not in the future. They're right now. And, uh, maybe just maybe this forced slowdown, 
this time of being forced to truly slow down can bring us uh, some new ways to move forward. That would be my prayer. That would be my my hope here. So thank you for being here. Thanks for listening to this extended intro. And um, I hope you enjoy this conversation that Owen and I had and um, would very much love to hear from you all. All right. Well, I'm just going to drop us right into it. Um, we've been working on a document, a shared document that you that you worked on, that you created yesterday, and and there's a line on it that I think is, to me, the best place to start here. And it, and it is challenges call us out. They can bring the worst out, and they can also bring out the best. I feel like that is a really fitting frame for. Uh, for us to, you know, it, it may not be the starting point necessarily, but maybe I'm pulling the curtain back on, on where we're headed here. And I, it just goes without saying, I don't think we have to waste much time just uh, nodding to the, <laughs> to the fact that what's going on right now is truly unprecedented. It's, it's truly um, a, a wild thing for, for a global pandemic to be happening in the days of, of the connectivity and the technology that we have and the, the current climate, political and, and economic and all these things. It is just a, it's wild. I don't know what else to say. It, it's, 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 a, it's a wild moment. I personally, I'm glad to be home. I'm glad to be safe on the farm. I was in Europe uh, supposedly giving a talk right before the, the, the ban on Europe travel. I know you just like rushed home to get home before travel got locked down and, um, so not to belabor the point, but just, yeah, challenge, I think is a fitting term. What, whether, what, however that challenge is showing up for people, I do think that's uh, it's real. And it's real. And yeah, as you said, Dan, in this culture and particularly for several generations in this country, we have not been challenged. Um, I grew up, you know, listening to my parents and their generation talk about the great depression and then in the Second World War, where, yeah, the war was not fought in this country, on, on, on our lands, but there was a threat of that, and, and everyone was mobilized against the enemies. So we really haven't had that. I mean, I grew up in the Vietnam War generation. I almost ended up going there. Fortunately, I didn't. So that was probably the next closest challenge we have, but that wasn't really anything like, you know, my parents uh, suffered. So we've really had it good here in this country for a long time. And now, you know, we're hit with this challenge that is in one way, maybe more, I don't know if scarier is the word, but unpredictable than the uh, 9-11 was, which we mo most of us have lived through. And so, as you said, we, we have this challenge, but we all have also have all the media, particularly the social media, we didn't have even for 9-11. And we're seeing how that provides a lot of information to us, but also feeds the panic. And that's really what we want to, you know, start to address and sort of cut through is that panic that we're all, just because we're hardwired to be herd animals or communities or, or tribes that we feel, be it the mirror neurons or whatever, we feel what other people are feeling and we want to be part of it. We don't want to be left out. So we're all susceptible to the panic, which 
is how herds and tribes have survived. Yeah, I'll just speak to it for myself. So the, the, I've had a few moments of elevated uh, stress. So one was sitting in the hotel in, in Europe and found out that my talk was canceled and uh, I was just watching as different countries were starting to lock things down. So I had this moment of panic, which was, will I get stuck in Europe and not be able to get home to my family during this time? That felt like a, um, a, a pretty uh, justifiable panic. I, I was like, and it was what was struggle, a struggle for me was how seriously do I take this? Do, how, like, do I get the first fucking expensive flight that I can find to get home or do I chill out and just ride my existing ticket home? And it ended up being, that um, my existing ticket was uh, got me home just under the 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 ban, which which so things are moving so fast, and so I just want to name that there is this there's this, this this stuff happening, and there is so much information. One of the things that I'm really aware of: there's so many voices talking right now. There's so much information, and it's it's it can be deafening. And I think for us to be able to take, um, you know, specific, measurable, like practical action that we need to, it can be tricky. That one was tricky for me for, for you know, half a day or so. Do I go? Do I, do I spend an extra grand here to get home early? Is it really that bad? And, and the reality is we really don't know. So we're dealing with uncertainty. I was dealing with uncertainty on that specific issue. Um, but it, that uncertainty is across the board. And the second moment of, of real elevated stress for me was going to the grocery store two days ago. And um, what you said, those mirror neurons and that herd mentality, like, like stepping through those uh, sliding doors at Whole Foods, um, that, that you could have cut the, the air with a knife, you know, people and it was loud and people were moving fast. Uh, and then I did, I had a real somatic, like, uh, shift when I looked at when I looked up and I saw the empty shelves I'm like wow that is that is not something I've ever seen before and I got to be honest some of the first thoughts I had are how many rounds of ammo do I have um, for my guns and if this turns into a you know a true lack of resources lack of food what do we do you know, so I, I'm, I'm not bringing that up to, so I'm just, I'm just sharing my, my real experience here to, to know where some of these, you know, just to sort of share vulnerably where some of these feelings go or can go pretty easily. And, and so just to not so much help you, but really be a model for all of us. So, you know, as you're standing there in Whole Foods, as you're looking at the empty shelves, as you're feeling the, the emotional zeitgeist of the panic uh, and the panic runs through you what's happening well what i did i i mean i was with my son and my son was completely oblivious so duke's just right. like asking me a million questions like trying to sing songs play games and um so i actually i should try to put my attention on him and just be present with him as much as possible and just get get a bunch of food and uh, i called my wife during it and i i said hey i'm 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 not calling to panic. I'm not trying to freak you out, but I just want you to know that, you know, there's, there's very little food here. And, um, 
And she's like, don't lie to me, man. Like your voice sounds like you're completely freaking out. Good. Good. She called you out. She called me out. She named it for me. She named, I was trying to keep my shit together and she named it. And and so let me just help you there. So why would you try to keep your shit together? To, uh, to be, to, to, I don't know, to get the task done, right? To get some food to get home. Yeah, get the task done. And also I imagine to support Elise. So she doesn't. Exactly. Exactly. But she, she's too sharp and knows you too well, Dan. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't, can't, get, can't get it past her. <laughs> Not at all. It, well, and you know, this is good to name too. And I'm doing this just again to, to, to hopefully give voice to some other people's feelings yeah. and thoughts so we can get them out there. The other thing that I was feeling was um, I was conscious of not wanting to be an overreactor, right? I was conscious of like, um, you know, uh, yeah, just that. I, like, you know, don't don't be the guy that that wigs out and gets his his wife all freaked out, you know? Right. And I had a similar experience, and not nearly as intense. With Dahlia, with my partner, left yesterday in California to come back to Idaho, and and wanted to take care of her, but her also sort of calling me out and in her way of yeah, like take care of yourself. I got it handled. Um, uh, so I think the power of our work is, is what we do, but this is a situation where, you know, if because of the external panic or internal panic, we can forget our core skills. And, and most of you know what our rock formula is, which is the ROC, which is the first one is to relax, which is really to slow down. And, you know, that's what you started to do, to be open and vulnerable to your own experience and to someone else's. And then from that place of vulnerability to reach out. And so we did, or you did, uh, and I did too, sort of the guy thing. We, we, you know, maybe we were aware of ourselves. Maybe we were open and vulnerable to ourselves. But we didn't, because we were sort of caretaking someone else, allow that vulnerability to, to be expressed uh, to the person that we maybe care the most about, or at least the closest person that we have that's an adult. And, you know, these two women called us out on it because to their credit, rather than feed off our, our denial of their emotions, <laughs> I think what feeds the fucking panic, yeah. they called us out and said, Hey, time out guys. Uh, you know, okay, beautiful. So speak to that. So, so you feel that denying that emotion is what feeds the panic. So say, I think that, I think you just, there's an opening there. Yeah. And so what we do, and I did, and you know what you described, Dan, and you doing is that we we go to that herd mentality, or at least sort of the masculine herd mentality in this culture, that we need to be stoic and we need not to feel and express and be vulnerable. And we know that you know vulnerability is the conduit uh, to connection, and we we disconnect. And what happens, in my view, is that. A lot of what feeds the panic is the emotions we aren't feeling and owning. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. I, I, I was just nodding emphatically. Yeah. And so I think that's an individual level and on a, at a world level, that's where we can stop the panic. We can't, you know, be on quarantine and all that and taking care of our own body in terms of preventing infection and being healthy. But, you know, a lot of that we can't, we can't, dissolve the or remove the virus it's going to do what it's going to do we can maybe mitigate its effect but what we can we certainly have control over is our own experience 
and with that, how we interact with people. And consequently, do we feed the fire of panic or do we put it out by putting our, our emotions, literally our water out there that starts to, to burn down these, or, or turn down and extinguish these fires that we have. It's like the forest fires that we have just burn out of control. And I think we need to literally go back to like the rock form, you don't have to call it that, but just slowing down and connecting to our own experience. Yeah. No, <clears throat> even just hearing, I mean, listen, we, we talk about this stuff all the time, but in this moment, so for me to, to be an example there, I, I am afraid. I have some, I have real fear about uh, what may occur and, and it's both on a familial and economic level, like a, like a taking care of my family level. Uh, it's, it's not so much on a, will I, you know, will I get sick and die? I, I, I you know, I, I do have fear of, of losing people, but it's not the primary feeling. Um, the, the, the larger fear that I do have is, uh, yeah, is, uh, I have a fear that we are all way too comfortable that we've been living really comfortable lives and that if things go a couple steps in the wrong direction, I have fear about our um, collective ability to, to come together. And in the midst of that fear, I also see a real opportunity. I, I see, I see a, I see a, you know, as we're talking about challenges, we're talking about uh, we, we could, we could, we could take the PS, PTSD route. We could take. We could allow this to to own us. But but I do. Uh, I think we can run toward the challenge here. I think we have an opportunity to run toward the challenge. And and I've been feeling that kind of solidify in my body and my mind the last three or four days. Like okay, this is there really is a true call for leadership right now. And 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 I think that means a million different things. And I don't think we have to define exactly where that leadership is needed. But um, and yeah, you're right. So to, to honor the fear and to, uh, to, to, to run toward the challenge is really, and, it's and intense, also, but it's beautiful. It's well, an intense, it beautiful I mean, thing. A couple of things. As guys, we like challenge. We, 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 we have sports partially because of that. We start businesses because of that. We, we come, become a first responder. We, we join the service because we want to, it's some part of our nature that wants challenge. Um, and we, you, we can adapt to it and it brings the best, often it can bring the best out of us. And the other thing is we get to be a team together. And I've just seen it, you know, with our team and every man team, this is a challenge for us or every man. That's part of my fear is that, you know, you know, I've devoted myself to every man for the last several years. So I've decreased my income significantly to, to work with every man, which has virtually been no income. And so here we are. Uh, I wouldn't call it a struggling startup, but a startup with limited resources. But once, you know, the call came out because of this virus, you know, this leadership team that we're a part of just really stepped up and we've never worked as well as, as closely and as synergistically and as passionately together as we have in the last week. And that's amazing. I mean, it just makes me feel good. And when I step back, you know, I remember reading a couple of years ago, Sebastian Younger's book, Tribe, you've read that, Dan, and he talked about, you know, how so often 
we think in, in catastrophes that it's going to be everyone's going to be grabbing their guns and shooting each other. But what he said in several situations, and then he, you know, specifically talked about this, uh, the situation of the Blitz and the research around it was what happened, you know, when, when London was being bombed in the Second World War, you know, everyone thought that everyone would go crazy and, and they'd be shooting each other. But what happened is everyone in, in down to the bomb shelters and wherever else they were would support each other. Mm. And, and all the class dissolved. So the upper class and lower class all worked together. Now, that didn't necessarily last afterwards, but in the crisis, people just rolled up their sleeves and became human. They became vulnerable and they started caring about other people. Yeah. Yeah. That makes me think about, I remember when I was a high school teacher, I taught in the Bronx for a few years and I don't remember what it was, but there's this like big sort of realization or epiphany I had at that time. I'd watch these guys, these kids that I love dearly come to school every day and go home and come to school and go home. And, and I just, I saw the, I don't know, the, the force fed nature, the monotony, the contrived nature of, of the, the school day and the school process and this whole thing. And I had this overwhelming feeling like nothing real ever happens here. Nothing like nobody like there's no birth there's no death there's no like love there's no like we're all contained and controlled in this space and and then once a semester or once a year something would happen and a kid would have a crisis and he'd come to me and everybody would turn human everybody would just their hearts would crack open and they would rally around each other and yeah i i feel like that is um we have we have that opportunity right now we have that opportunity to um this is real right like something and real happened it is real and as lucas was saying you know we've been sort of training for this not knowing or planning that we were but this is what we do in our groups and our events is that you know guys show up you know initially where they don't know anyone one guy gets real and then it's a series of dominoes of every guy getting real and, and very quickly you got this drive and you really care about them and you're you know and i've been there I'm often amazed at how much you do care. And out of that caring, you're, you'd step into that challenge and you become vulnerable. And it's like vulnerability becomes the new currency and, and, and really the new nutrient of support. And then so we're told to have isolation now. And even in this hyper-connective reality that we've least had we thought we were connected but we in many ways were, were isolated now we're being told literally to isolate ourselves and it, when we don't have the things that we didn't have and we have all the stress and all that and we don't have the skills or a venue to connect guys go crazy and last night um, as I was driving home and it was around 11 o'clock or so I was I stopped in a Safeway on the outer edges of um, Spokane for two reasons. I wanted to pick up some vegetables because I've been gone for a few weeks, but also I wanted to check out a big supermarket because I hadn't been in one. And, and I keep hearing that there's no toilet paper. Well, there was no toilet paper there. I didn't need any, so I was safe. But also I remember, remember what a guy just said to me. Um, he's, he was looking at that, the empty shelves for toilet paper and said to the other fellow, you know, I thought this was a respiratory virus, not not a virus where diarrhea was a problem. 
<laughs> but that's how that's how we express our panic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, you know, I got my food. I was in the line, and there was this young man. He was probably 25 years old. He had shorts, his Birkenstocks on, and a fleece sweater or jacket, much like mine. And he's standing there as far as away as he could be from anyone. Um, and, and he was literally putting his jacket around his mouth so he wasn't breathing any of the air that was the closest person was probably three, four feet away from him. And then by the time that there was only one checkout woman, this poor woman was you know dealing with everyone in the store. Now the line wasn't huge because it was so light, late. And so he his turn comes up, he wouldn't talk to her. I mean, she's being nice, she's being friendly, she's supportive. He doesn't mm -hmm. say a damn thing. Mm -hmm. And Literally, as soon as he gets his food, he runs out of the supermarket. Wow. Runs out of the supermarket. Wow. And, you know, part of me was like pissed, particularly how he's treating or not interacting with this woman uh, that was serving and, and the one really in danger, if anyone's in danger, but also a tremendous amount of compassion for this man. Mm. Because to, to be that much in panic, that so unhuman. Yeah he must really be scared and have no support. Yeah. And so, you know, after I felt my, my anger, I, you know, I really felt this deep sadness for him. And, and really, I'm sure there's many more people like that out there that really feel lost. He might not have any friends. He might just be him and his phone. Yeah. And he, you know, and he goes for a connection. And he just sees more of the panic. Well, that's one of the parts of the panic that that really sticks out to me is <clears throat> is that how easy it is to yet yeah, basically turn on each other or to to take a combative and a, a a distance approach to people and from on whatever level from you know from one one aisle of the um, political spectrum to the other you know like just just to to feel this intensity and to immediately channel it against uh, a group of individuals, whether that group is, you know, uh, China or our own government or the Republicans or the Democrats or who, who knows, you know, like whoever it is, it's so easy. It's just such the, it's the easy way out to, to feel that tension come in and, and just immediately turn it on somebody else. And so that's a beautiful story. Owen. I feel like, I feel like that uh, that shift to go from anger to compassion is um, the level of leadership or the or the level of stepping into this that um, I mean I guess my dreams would be made of right like like that in some way that that and and I think you know I think that's natural and I think that's human um, and it, I think we all have the capacity for that and I do. I do think that what we do at Everyman is is training for, for that. If if in those moments we can slow down enough, if we can take it all in, if we cannot, um, you know, let our mind, you know, basically race with our mind as our mind, mind races. I feel like there's is that opportunity for uh, real, honest empathy. My God, are we're all scared? Yeah, and and then you know going through all the airports and the planes and, you know, and in the supermarket, you know, I, I was just moved by all these people that are service people mm. and they're doing their job mm -hmm. because it's their job, because they need the money or whatever. They're doing their job. And, you know, I'm watching every one of them. They're, you know, a foot from 
hundreds of people a day maybe, touching maybe not them, but the money and everything else that they touch. They're, they're doing all that and they're just doing it. Mm-hmm. Because that's in some ways what they have to do. And in my experience, they're all doing it with a smile on their face. You know, maybe, you know, you know, in some ways they like the fact there's less crowds, but, you know, they're literally exposed. And, you know, we need them. We need them to serve us so that we can survive. But, yeah, I think that's the, for me, was the first wave of compassion and empathy and, and, and seeing the courage that these people had to, to provide for others. You know, they're putting themselves at risk. Mm-hmm. what do you feel what do you feel is I'm, I'm i'm conscious of i want to really offer some specific tools some you know calls to action or what what can we offer i mean you know in some ways everybody listening owen and i are doing this as a uh you know not as a brainstorm necessarily but we we're we are working very closely together to to offer um, these global digital men's groups. And we, we want to be here to support. We want to be here to, to offer the space and, and, and some practices and, and what we have uh, to support people in this time. So yeah, what, what, what comes to mind first, Owen? What well, I we think the, the first thing, maybe on a meta level, is how do you choose to frame this experience? Do you want to be a victim? Or do you want to be a leader? Now, Again, the virus can make us a victim. That's true. So we accept that reality. But in terms of how you experience it, how you interact with people, how do you want to position yourself? And for me, what, what first was that awareness, like, I don't like being a victim. Um, second was, okay, then I'm left with sort of being neutral or reaction to what happens. And then I go, okay, how can I step out of that? You know, not deny it, but take it with me. And it's like, how can I sort of lead or, you know, take action in my life that is more than just me sitting around worrying about the next thing the government's going to do or not going to do or the next article about the virus and all that. You know, how can I move out of that reactionary state? And Mm. for me, it's focusing on something that's bigger than me, a mission, Mm. vision or or whatever, something that that draws me out. And for me, it's, you know, what we're particularly doing now with every man is serving men and really more more than just men, but the whole culture through the, the ways that we can. And that inspires me, that gets me up. And so that is not a denial of my fear or the reality, it's, it's in just a position to it. And that's where I can put my energy. And so we talk about, you know, that rock formula, again, to, you know, to, to slow down, to feel, ourselves to be vulnerable and reach out to connect but also from there take an action yeah we're updating our rock formula everybody we're adding an a it's, it's rocking now we're rocking and not rocking it i just i just want to i want to just say out loud like it's noticeable like your call to action here your the level of leadership the stuff you've been putting out in the last week is it's noticeable right i i just want to point that out that that like you are uh you're not just, yeah, I mean, obviously you're not just saying that, but I could feel it. I can feel it in your voice. And I want to say too, for me, for me right now, it, it is this, it's every man, but it's also my family. I feel mm-hmm. in the past two days, I have had more meaningful time with my two boys than 
I don't know what it is. I don't know if I've just been forced to slow down or the perspective has shifted, but I have found, um, you know, like there's the basics. There's making sure we got food and water and propane and, you know, that we're safe here and, and that's, that's underway. But, but it's the, I think there's a magical, what's so far, if there's anything magical in this so far, it is the, it is the forced slowdown. And in that force of a slowdown, we live a pretty damn slow life out here already, you know, but it's, it's, it's different. It's a deeper layer. There's something else going on. And, and so, yeah, when you said that, like something larger, something larger than myself, something larger than just that, that fear and that, and that self peace is, um, just one more little anecdote there too. And it, I feel like also there's this opportunity that I am going through that is not taking things for granted as much. Elise and I, and Elise and I have had, so my boys, but also my wife, we've had some incredibly meaningful time just in even the past 13, 14, 15 hours. Like there, there's just something, there is something deepened. There's something that has deepened here. And, and one little thing we were you know, talking about, uh, places we would like to go and trips, we would, places we'd like to take the kids. And I had this feeling that I got to admit, I haven't had for a really long time. And that was, there's this, there's this hike in Japan. Um, you can hike from hut to hut and sit in these hot springs. And we're just dreaming about how amazing it'd be to take the boys there. And, um, and I had the thought, I'm like, wow, what if, what if international travel becomes tricky like what if that's a thing what you know and it wasn't like a big fear moment but it was it was uh it was a it was a positive moment it was like my gosh like i how fast do we move how fast are we moving so that i don't appreciate the freedom that we have and the and like seeing the world as this amazing oyster we can just go anywhere and do anything and have these experiences but um so so yeah, what, what you're saying that feeling part of something larger for me, the, the sinking into my family on such an authentic way um, has called forth, you know, me, has called me forth for sure. Yeah, and, and it's called forth for them and for you a deeper level of connection, which has become more and more nourishing, which is, you know, the research, and we all know this, so we don't need research to tell us this, but the research supports that when we feel connected and, and the psychologists would call it secure attachment we downregulate our, our stress response hmm. and they've done experiments where they, you know they put these people in the the, the, the cat scans and the mris and they can see how the brains change the, the patterns in the brain change so you can inflict a little pain nothing dangerous but just a little discomfort and when the person's alone, it will, certain parts are activate, but when they're there with someone that connected with, it could be someone else, but, but really, but when they're, they're, when they're, they feel loved with, they feel less pain. They truly feel less pain. Mm. I, yeah. And, and so when we feel connected, we feel less physical pain, but we also feel less emotional pain. And so we've, we've been getting some of these reports of our groups who are meeting virtually now and, and just like emails that are saying, thank God, you know, thank God. Like that was the most impactful mm -hmm. meeting we've ever had. We didn't even sit, you know, we weren't in the same room, but there, that connection that the practice of having that connection, this is, this is the time for it, right? This is, this is, this is it. And, 
And once we start doing that, that for me or our groups or these men starts to spread rather than a panic. And one of the things about secure attachment, you know, with your partner, your family, but even your group, is that you know, some part of you knows that if you need something, just someone to listen, there's someone there for you. Hmm. And you literally and metaphorically have someone to come home to, which really makes a big difference. And again, research shows that, but we just know that deep in our heart that when we have that secure attachment, we are more secure. And, and if you don't have it, you know, we're saying we got, you know, years of, of track record with guys being able to create that in these groups. And even if they maybe you maybe you have a family like my partner Dahlia, she's a couples therapist. So people are calling her, and their phone or text or whatever is ringing off the hook because people are saying, "Now that I'm going to be home with my partner, we got to work on this." <laughs> yeah, I think that's 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 real. So that's, that's the crisis. But the upside is, yeah, like you were saying, it's not you know you're, you and Lisa are doing well, but here's an opportunity to really get deep with your partner. And so I think the takeaway from what I'm hearing with Dahlia is, is people don't know how to do it. Yeah. We don't know how to do it. And you're not going to get that on Instagram. <laughs> I'm so glad you said that. <laughs> that I'm so glad you said that. So yeah. So I'm, I've been holding back like that's another real feeling I've had that I haven't had full expression of, which is just like, oh, there's a part of me on Instagram just like everybody shut the fuck up. God, um, it's just overwhelming. Anyway, that's good. Now I got my emotion. Out. I can get past it. But thank you for saying it. <laughs> okay, so so I'm gonna re- I'll rewind us and reframe a little bit. So things we can do first is is the reframe or the how do we want to how do we want to frame this do we want to be a victim do we want to be neutral or do we want to step forward um i also what else we said in there was uh connection to something that's larger than ourselves, right as as a way to draw ourselves out as a way to bring out our our actual human you know humanity our humanness um and so with that and like we were saying earlier to step into challenge particularly as a man as a, as a man, um, and the research says that you know women they speak up when there's injustice. And men just don't tend to do that, but it's the man that runs into the fire to save the baby. And our mutual friend George Fowler, who's like the premier emotional focus therapist trainer, talks about because and you know, Dan had him on the podcast what, last summer talks about, you know, how as a fireman during the 9-11, you know, he realized that not only were they all going into the fire and literally into the challenge, but they were trained to do that. And so he says very eloquently how, you know, we're trained to run away from fire as we should be, but they train themselves to go into the fire. And the physiology that happens is they, in one level, they actually relax. Mm. And so that they have vasodilation, the blood vessels get bigger where, and when you're in a, like a, a PTSD experience, they start to contract. So on one level, their body's relaxing, even though, you know, it's a strenuous, dangerous situation. And particularly for men, when we can orient ourselves in a situation 
towards it being a challenge that, yeah, we might fail at, we might suffer something from it, but we're doing it for a bigger good or something beyond ourselves and probably with others, other men or other people, that this instinctual ability and desire to sort of fight that fire comes up and you know, we have an entirely different experience of that situation. So but I, I love it. But here, so here's the sticker though. Here's the point. Like I, I can imagine listeners saying, great, there's no actual fucking fire to run into. I'm actually supposed to stay in my house and not move. So, so let's spend some time and translate. What is the fire now? Like what is the challenge? What is the opportunity that we have to step up and, and be fully present and, and lead? Because it is, it is different in the moment where at the time being, we're not, you know, we're not called to, to go fight in a, in a physical way, either fight a fire or fight a war or something that, however, there is a challenge. And I, and I think this is huge. I think this is, I think there's so many things coming to a head right now. A lot of the ethos, a lot of the, the things we talk about, the slowing down is being forced the, the, and the op, and the opportunity to connect is in some ways being forced. Right. And now this opportunity to lead is, is being forced. However, I think there's a lot of people like, what does that even, what does that look like? And what does that mean in any kind of practical sense? Right. Because it is, it is a different type of fire in this moment that we're talking about. It is a different kind of fire. And as you said earlier, we really certainly didn't expect it. We haven't in many ways prepared for it. And so as we've have said before, you know, part of our work is that rock form, you know, to feel and to really experience what's happening and use our experience as a vehicle of change. So the more we can slow down or, or experience what we hadn't or wouldn't have in the past and ex accept more of our experience, allow our experience to get bigger, uh, yeah, the more we heal, the more we're present, the more we can connect. So we take all that and we take action. But the action, yeah, isn't running into the fire, but the fire this time is a fire of fear, or the fire of the fear and panic, and how fear shows up as a panic the illusion of the panics and, and, and to run into that with your vulnerability and reach out in whatever way works for you or for others and with your vulnerability connect to these people. Yeah, your neighbor, your partners, your, your whoever. And, and from that place of being scared, you lead saying, you know, I'm scared, I, I don't know, and this and that. And you create an emotionally safe space for the other person to step into their fire or their fear and you start to connect and everyone starts to relax and then that starts to spread. And, you know, being a leader is the one that goes into these, what feel like very unsafe, at least emotionally unsafe environments with their vulnerability and with whatever's true for them and their experience and use that as a catalyst to invite other people in so they can do the same. Yeah. 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 I want to paraphrase that just to make sure I'm pretty sure I'm picking it all up, but I feel like the leadership, the running into the fire, the possibility right now is for us to fully embrace our, call it our emotions, our nervous system, our truth and um, f face it fully, embrace it fully in order to show up uh, to those around us our families, our loved ones, other people, uh, and offer that, that 
decompressed nervous system that that place of safety that that uh, you know <laughs> the image that comes to mind here you know what who i think about when i think about really good leadership i think about mufasa on the lion king i'm <laughs> obviously only watch kids movies right now but he's he's uh you know he's the he's <laughs> the headline of the pride and uh he just has that sort of deep presence, that sort of deep relaxed presence that, you know, in the midst of, in the midst of fear, in the midst of anxiety, in the midst of whatever is happening, he just, he just shows up, you know? And, and I think that it's subtle, but it's not, it's, it's subtle in concept, but it's powerful in reality when, if we can, you know, rely on each other now, and and truly truly take this entire um this entire challenge on from that paradigm from the paradigm of of truth and connection then uh and and there may be there may be a lot of actual specific action to come who knows right like you know if there's I've actually been thinking about it. Like if I need to go uh, put some rounds in at, at a hospital or, or something, you know, like put, sign me in, right? Like put me in coach, like uh, if what, whatever, there may be actual actions to be taken. And I think that's good, but I, but I, I would coach us not to, to jump to those if and how, and if we're acting from a place of that panic, which we're talking about, which listen, there's no real right or wrong way to do this. I don't, I don't want to put out the, you know, the idea that, but yeah, and with that, it's like, how can we do all that so we heal, we get stronger, and we contribute? And we're not going to get it right. And we, you know, and like you said, and I said, you know, we didn't get it right with our partners. Um, so it's not about getting it right. It's just about stepping up and doing it. And we go see all these movies from from your Lion King to you know, our superhero movies. We read all this stuff and has for you know centuries of literature about yeah what you described these these people that step up as a leader and with their superpower whatever it might be you know literally and metaphorically when everyone else is crazy and and you know and Churchill is you know someone in the last century that really embodied that you know and with the vulnerability not denying the reality but with the full spectrum of the reality says that we are going to survive we are going to get through this stronger than ever and, and you know and i'm in this with you mm -hmm. and that's what we need well yeah and i think the the what we're what we're sort of verging on at, in our messaging and our and our sort of even in our mission at every man it, it is beginning to clarify that we are and have the ability to heal our past as we step forward. It's not a, it's not a disjointed process. So, so I think there's a challenge here for everyone that is as, or just, just to frame it that way, as we feel what we feel in this time and we allow that to run through us and we take action in the midst of that, there is a, I think it's one of the things that's really unique and, 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 you know, deeply meaningful about really the, the ethos that you've brought here, Owen, which is that our, our healing comes through that action, right? So, so right now, like, 
how many times have we all frozen because of anxiety or fear or not knowing, you know, like how many times in our life, probably endless, you know, I'm speaking for myself here too, but mm -hmm. we didn't take action. We didn't speak up. We didn't move forward. Um, and we let fear and anxiety uh, hold us back. And, and now is an opportunity. I mean, like there's plenty of fear and anxiety. We got a lot of reps, <laughs> like we got a lot of at bats right now, right? Like anything, any moment, you can probably tap into that collective fear and anxiety. So this could be like an ultimate um, sort of portal to walk through in terms of our own ability to lead our own nervous system, our own ability to be safe and create that deep connection for others by, by just fucking doing it. And that's what we're here for. We're here to be with you as you do that, as you take those reps, as you, as you take that, that scary action. And it doesn't have to be really scary, but I think more and more we've been, even in this last foundations class we did, Owen, I've, I've been really, um, really lifted up by this, the concept of how simple progress, powerful progress is, is literally one and it's old and it's simple and it's not new, but one step at a time, right? So like, as we feel what we're feeling and we do one step is, is really all we got to worry about in, in the moment. And, and I think the amount of healing that can come from this pandemic um, for those who take it on like this is, is it's really an interesting um, landscape to consider. It is, and it's the, one of the questions is, yeah, how can we up-level our healing by, as you said, it, feeling it all as we take this action, which outwardly might not be risky, but inwardly it might be you know, risky to go connect with someone when you feel the fear. And another way to look at this is, because this thing will end. It will, will go through its cycle, because everything runs in cycles. I'm old enough to know that. And it will end. So where do you want to be and the back end of this cycle. Hmm. Where do you want to be as a human being or as a man and the back end of this cycle? So you can look back and go, yeah, you know, in hindsight, I could have done this and you know, this happened and you know, we, you know, when I didn't know, no one else knew that, but whatever. But you extract out, you know, for the most part, I showed up and I took risks and I don't have regret. You know, I'm a better man for how I, you know, showed up and supported myself and others, particularly the ones I care about. I love that. You know, one of the questions that I'd write down or I think about all the time in, and I think, it, I think there's a context here that, that fits that in, and it's the, it's, I guess it's the O uh, it's the O part on the rock formula. And it's the, it's, it's listening. It's, mm -hmm. it's being still enough, it's being quiet enough, it's being slow enough to, to parse through all the noise and find out like what is actually being asked of us? What is actually being asked? I, I've been sitting with that today and yesterday especially, like what is being asked? And I think the answers that I got were, um, man, you know, be with my kids, show up and do, do my part for every man to, to, to be a leader of this right now. But the other part of it is, is to, is just to kind of that stillness and that quiet feels appropriate for me. Like I, I, I'm, I'm not, I think listening and just being right now. Um, and this is, this is personal. I'm not suggesting this necessarily, but maybe check, check it out for yourself. I feel like just, slowing down and, and listening to others and um, mm -hmm. 
hearing what, what that right action could actually be, you know? And you're right. It, it needs to come from a place of being slowed down, probably vulnerable, and it might be a lot of little right actions. It doesn't have to be a big one, or maybe it is a big one, whatever. But inevitably, there's probably going to be some fear there. And if you don't have some fear, it's probably not the right action. And, and it does start with listening, listening to ourselves, but slowing down so we can listen to other people. And one of our other big fans and therapists is Esther Perel. And I remember her saying, I think it was when I was on her little TV show thing, which and it keeps ringing in my ears, is people don't listen enough. Couples don't listen. Yeah. And that's a lot of what she has to do when she does couple therapy is to get the parties to really listen so they hear what's being said. And, and you know, you're really hearing it from that person's experience. Mm-hmm. I also think that in a lot of traditions, in a lot of, um, you know, uh, call them whatever you are, human traditions around the globe, there, there is a, there's a pretty pan um, or, or a cross-culture practice of, of retreat or slow down or, um, you know, what do you call it when youngsters go in the woods, like rite of passage mm-hmm. or just these, these, these times, these specific times to, um, to take a pause from the normal. And, you know, I don't know, again, just throwing it out. I'm, I'm feeling this for myself, but maybe this will land for some people too. It is, is, holy cow, what, how rare of an opportunity is it for us to have a block of time to not rush to work to not rush around? This is, is, it is incredible. Like the more I think about that in actuality, how crazy it is, how fast we move. And even when we go on vacations, we rush to get there and then we cram the time, you know, we got a little bit, a limited amount of time. We don't know. We actually are faced with an open-ended amount of time right now. We don't know. We don't know. Yeah, how and that's part of the panic that people have. Let's just fucking own it. That's part of the panic because when you slow down, this is what's at risk when you slow down. Everything you've been running from and not maybe deliberately catches up to you. There it is. It catches up to you. And, and that's the real panic that we're not owning. And we project it onto this virus and, and the toilet paper and everything else. And it's scary. And it is going to be scary if you're doing it alone. And you're going to, you know, spin out if you're just doing it alone. And, and we need to not only slow down, but reach out for that connection. And it's okay, guys, to say you're feeling this and you need help. Yeah. You need help. Yeah. We all need help. And, yeah. Well, I just, I'm just, I, th- I think we're onto something there. And I feel like if your personal, if our personal baggage, if our personal stuff is catching up to us as we slow down, it, I can imagine there's a strong reaction to keep it pushing away because we have to be stoic. We have to be, you know, like, like we have to stay and, and like, how, how can you not busy yourself. How like how can you create this safety? And I, and I do think you're right. Connecting, like not doing it alone, asking for help. Get on one of our calls. You know, do it with somebody, with a friend, your partner, whatever. But like, I think I think it's huge. I think the opportunity here in terms of um, a real reset, a real personal, individual reset, and an alignment with whatever it is that you value, an alignment with whatever larger thing that 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 you're connected to. Um, well, as you mentioned earlier, yeah, the rites of passage often meant a, a vision quest. And 
I've gone on them. I used to years ago help other people out of the native tradition to do them. And, and we have a mutual friend, Tim, uh, that's done them. And it's isolation, isolation in connection to nature, but isolation from other people and your stuff comes up. So people think of Vision Quest as coming up with the vision. No, Vision Quest is really slowing down and letting that you're what you, yeah, again, maybe you weren't running from, but because you're so focused on life, you couldn't deal with, you start dealing with it. And out of that, it's not a, a visual vision that comes, it's more of an experiential vision that might not even manifest for years, but it lays the seeds for that. So yeah, we spend a lot of time and energy and money in some cases to do you know 10 days of silent meditation or whatever, or the, now the new thing is the, the, the dark experiences, yeah 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 definitely <laughs> so <laughs> you could always do that you could just you know really isolate and just go dark you know no light for four days well i wouldn't advise that but that's just an indication of really what some of us think we need to just slow down and have our experiences that we haven't been having yeah, and so some practical recommendations. So we're going to have a piece of content out on the call map coming out soon. Um, who knows the timing because of what's going on in the world. But there are so many resources. Uh, but I think that what we're saying too is that it doesn't have to be some massively uh, dramatic action. I, I think like if well, it's hard because I think a container for slowing down is really helpful, right? That's why our groups are so deeply helpful. It's like, okay, I'm going to this place. In this place, I will slow down, right? So, so I, think, I think that's very helpful. So if you, you know, if you do have a meditation practice, if you do have a physical practice, if you have, I think uh, one of the things, it's been freaking raining here in Southern California every day. Otherwise, you know, our family would just be out in nature. I think this is a great time to be out connecting in, in nature when it's possible. But um, I was going to say, you know, there's so many incredible resources. And if you go on Instagram, everybody's sharing theirs, right? So, the, so I'd say just pick something, you know, pick something and do like, try, I, I don't know, I'm encouraging to, um, to, take this, to take this time of uncertainty to, to go inward and to go not just inward, but inward together. Mm -hmm. Well, I like that. Yeah, I like that. Inward together, which, which is a new um, paradigm for us. But yeah, we know what it means. The guys in the group know what it means. And, and that the, the downside of the herd mentality is the panic. But we see in our groups every week the upside of it. You get a small little herd and guys just, uh, you know, the mere neurons or whatever, everyone starts to relax. Mm -hmm. One guy starts to relax, everyone starts to relax. So you leave the meeting relaxed and feeling connected. And so, yeah, we're going to every man in different ways are going to come out with more to support all of us in these times so that we can do that. Yeah, we've been specifically, we have been uh, developing and testing an app for the past six months and we've rolled it out at a couple of our big events. Um, it's coming. It's coming. We're, we're rolling it out basically as we speak here and and it's going to be in development and it's not going to be perfect right away. Um, but, but we believe that it can have real meaningful value. And I, I, I wrote down that phrase, Owen, inward together. I, I think it's, uh, it, it hopefully will create some conditions and some structure. Um, we're going to be doing these um, 
anybody, everybody come in like global men's groups that Owen and I are going to be leading. And right now we're, we're planning to do them Tuesdays and Thursdays that might grow. We'll just see how they go. We're just, we're just giving it a shot, but um, please, anyone that's, that's called join us, join and, and sit in and um, hear from your fellow men and, and hear them share and, and let's, uh, let's, yeah, let's do this together. We don't have to, it's so wild. It's such a paradox. It's such like a paradox. We're all separate, you know, we're all separate, but we can, we can transcend that physical separation pretty easily. And um, God willing, it doesn't stay that way. <laughs> you know, I would, I, I'd be pretty bummed knowing not to ever uh, sit next to you in a retreat again, but I'm sure we will. <laughs> but, but we can be together. We really can. And um, so, yes, we got those big calls. And then we, we are helping our existing everyman groups uh, meet virtually. So we've created materials and support structure and we've got the app can help connect them. Um, so that's underway and we're just, we're just running with this. We're, we're just, we're, we're literally, and we are, we're moving as a team probably better than we ever have together. And it, and it is, it's really been a joy. Um, so yeah, stay tuned. And part of the app is we're going to put out daily updates, daily opportunities, daily messages, daily check-ins and things like that too. Yeah, so we're going to start using technology in a new way uh, for a deeper emotional connection. And, and we've been working on it, as Dan said, with the last fundamental course and some other things that we've done. And we found that, at least to my surprise, at how effective virtual emotional connection can be. Mm -hmm. And I guess to, you know, to eat our own pudding, I don't know if that's a phrase, but to eat our own pudding, we have been wanting to not even just wanting, needing, uh, intending all these things to launch this digital community literally for more than three years, right? It's been, so in some sense, this slowdown is forcing our organization to, to, to catch up with our intentions, to catch up with some of our reality that's kind of been lagging behind too. So, um, yeah. yeah we, so we, like everyone else, we, we postponed all our events. So yeah. we're, we're 100% in now on providing this in all the ways we can to all, all of you and other men uh, out there. And we'll see where it goes. And this is going to be a, a, like an open source project. We're going to do it in consort with everyone. And you guys are going to give us feedback and we'll find what works and what doesn't work. And we'll keep tweaking it. Yeah, and to sort of, to, to, to me, to sort of put a, a, an exclamation point on what we've been talking about here is, yeah, I am curious. I'm curious to hear all of the innovation and the creation that is going to come out of this, this moment in time. Right. I, I, what is the, what's the quote? Like desperation is the seed of all creativity. I don't know. I think I'm mashing up. I'm the wrong person. To ask the <laughs> but, but it's certainly happening here. I mean, honestly for us, like this, this is, this has really put us in a new gear. So, you know, that, that is, I don't know, maybe there's, maybe there's some real um, low hanging fruit to, to just to be flexible for everybody right now and, and, and move in the way that, that, that you're taking. I don't know. Yeah. And this has really become our vision or our mission now. And yeah, there will be room and need for other guys to join if, if it's part of what you want. I mean, we're not, we, yeah, it's not a, like the, the draft where you're, you know, going to be forced, but you know, it's, if you want to enroll and be a part of this, we'd love to have you. Yeah. 
You never know. In a couple months time, we might just have thousands of virtual groups going all over the place and we might really be in a different place here, but um, all right, we should probably wrap this up. Um, anything you want to check out with or recap, Owen? Uh, no, just that, um, yeah, I'm feeling even more hopeful, joy, my body's more relaxed and um, I'm looking forward to connecting with you, Dan, more, but really, all the men on the other side of this. Yeah, same. Yeah, please do join us. Uh, join us for any of these big calls. Go to our website, everyman.com. Uh, get on our newsletter. We will be putting out more frequent newsletters in this short time period right now. Uh, we will be offering more opportunities to get together and we will be offering more tools. So, so um, there will be part of that. You'll have an opportunity to jump on our app. That would, that would be a great time to do so. And um yeah. Last thing I would say is, yeah, take a deep breath, you know, take a deep breath and hug your, hug your partner or your kids or someone a little bit longer than you normally do. And just take that moment. Thank you for listening, everybody. You can find all of our stuff and get updates on these global men's groups and our online presence. All of this new stuff we're doing, you can find it through our newsletter on our website, everyman.com, through Instagram. Um, just Google or search for Everyman on Instagram. We're on Facebook as well. And uh, and just to keep tuning in the podcast. We're here every week. And um, if you found this valuable, please, please do share it with someone that you care about. And stay safe. Stay quiet. Stay home. Well, don't stay quiet if you don't. Just do whatever you want. <laughs> but we hope that you're that you're well and more thanks